Welcome to another edition of Regular Guy Gaming with host RGG and co-host first and last voice Ragbag. Now, I realize you're hearing me right now, which is kind of throwing you off, as it has been a year and thank you for thank you for this journey. Thank you for staying with us for a year. We do have a special year episode coming up. Hearing my voice at the beginning may be a little maybe may a little different, but we got something good for you here now. We have Ragbag's origin story. Guys, it's really good. The truth, I mean, this is really good. He talks about love is the love for his mother and the support that she has had in his gaming life. It's really amazing. His story truly does start with a controller in his hand. We get to hear about how he got flagged for playing Spider-Man. <laughs> you get a little taste on how he feels about Madden 19. You get to see why single player and co-op is a little bit different for him. The, the commitment, the time, what you need to put in versus co-op and single player. He hates Teal, by the way. Teal, Teal follows him. And then, which is what we really all, almost all of us really have a story about is how we first got into the PlayStation. How did, how did that happen for a lot of us? He talks about that. So I'm not going to take too much time from Ragbag. I am going to say welcome to Ragbag's origin story. What is up, guys? Thank you, RGG, for that fabulous introduction. My name is Ragbag, and uh, yeah, I guess this week we're doing an origin story. We're doing an origin story. Origin! For uh, for me, for Ragbag. And uh, because we've been talking about this for a long time, I think RGG teased it an episode like six months ago. And we're doing it today. I'm sitting in my gamer room right now. Uh, TVs are off, some dude's, uh, I don't know, leaf blowing his sidewalk, super weird neighbor, and, uh, and I'm, I'm ready to talk about, uh, the history that, that is Ragbag, the start of, the start of my love for gaming, I'm sure most of you could give two shits, but I'm hoping that you're not necessarily listening to me telling stories of playing Aladdin on Super Nintendo when I was a kid, but more the love for gaming and maybe kind of coming together and, and, and reflecting on some of your past in gaming. That's what I hope comes out of this. I don't like to hear myself talk. That's why I've been putting off doing this, but RGG wants me to do it, and uh, I want to make him happy. I want to make him a happy little schoolboy, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this, and uh, I'm just going to talk through this. I don't have anything planned out. I don't have a piece of paper in front of me. Like I said, I'm not sitting here playing a game while I'm talking, so I'm not distracted. I'm just going to start from the beginning, work my way to what we're doing now, and uh, hopefully after about a half hour, 40 minutes, we can uh, put a close to this chapter of regular guy gaming. But, man, games, games, games. I'll give you a quick update of what I'm doing right now because I feel like that's not a bad place to start. We're going to do this uh, Quentin Tarantino style. Uh, just actually got done playing some more Spider-Man. I stopped recording it. I got flagged on YouTube because there was like 10 seconds of Marvel music content 
Um, and it, it wasn't even that I got flagged. Like they they outright blocked my shit. And uh, after a couple of days, I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't go against it. You know, I didn't uh, appeal it. They eventually just put it back on. I'm assuming it was something that they hadn't worked out with the the Spider-Man uh, peeps insomniac yet. But nonetheless, um, so I stopped recording it because I was like, fucking, I'm not even going to deal with that. Holy shit, guys, that game is awesome. Oh, my God. I was holding off playing the story because I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue recording. Uh, so then I was like, fuck it. I just did a couple of story missions. Dudes, if you haven't played this game, if you haven't watched like videos of the story yet, and you have a PlayStation 4, go buy this game. Like, Even if you don't have a huge hard-on for Spider-Man like I do... Dude, there are so many throwbacks, and like the the last mission that I did, I must only be a couple of missions into the game, but dude, it's like they make so many hints to things, and there's so many things that I'm look for looking forward to, and to me, it's like they have to be setting up storylines for Spider-Man Two and Spider-Man Three because, oh my goodness, they are fitting so much, they're jam packing so much Spider-Man content in this game that it's like, how can you fit this all into one disc? It's it's unbelievable. I just went and found all the backpacks around the city. I got a pretty cool costume for that. I've been, I'm now I'm web-slinging around the town wearing that. It's cool, man. It's a cool game. Um, also playing Madden. Fuck that game. That's why I decided to come in here and start recording. That fucking that fucking game pisses me off. So I put the controller down, and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to record this. Um, so, yeah. Now we're, now we're sitting here talking about gaming. Two different kinds of games that has really brought me, you know, single player. That's really who I am. I play a lot of single player games. The online games are okay. You know, I don't mind the co-op games that much, but I don't, I don't like, I'm a, I'm a weird millennial in that I don't like commitment, right? I'd rather sit down and then just start playing a game. And then if I play for six straight hours, that's awesome. If I play for 30 minutes, that's also cool. Like when you play co-op games, I feel like sometimes you have to set aside time. Like, Hey bro, we're going to play for fucking three hours on Friday. You know, it's just like, I mean, Call of Duty is one thing where you can kind of just pick it up and play it, but like Browse Benals and myself, for example, we started playing Borderlands The Handsome Collection, and I feel like it's not just like a, hey, let's pop on and play. It's like we have to set time to do it, and my millennial brain's like, no, I don't want to commit to that, bro. Let's just play single-player games. But single-player games is really what I'm all about, and then sports games as well. And that dates back to a long time ago. Uh, I always heard this story quite a bit, but my dad and my uncle used to always, they, they owned a... Uh, I think they owned a Sega, I want to say, and uh, when they'd be playing Sonic, I guess I used to bump up and down in my crib. I got super pumped about it. Like, I always had a love for gaming, even as a young child, and my earliest gaming memories are actually from um, my Super Nintendo. I had a Super Nintendo growing up, and just playing through some of the, the fucking awesome games in that whether it was Contra, shout out to Riles Benals, we played lots of Contra together, um, that game was always fun, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Turtles in Time, that game was the fucking, that game was tits, like honestly one of the best co-op games I've ever played in my entire life, and that's for Super Nintendo, all the Mario games, Donkey Kang, um, all those fucking games dude, oh, just ripping shit up on that, Game Boy, I was a Game Boy Color kid, man. I was a game. I right when I was growing up is when the Game Boy Color came out. I had a teal one. I don't know why. My first car was teal. I hate the color. I think it's disgusting. But for some reason, the color follows me around. Um, and uh, so I had a game. I had a teal Game Boy Color, and I had games like WrestleMania 2000. I've always been a huge wrestling mark when even when I was a little kid. 
And uh, I also remember playing some some very early Nintendo. The big game for the early Nintendo for me was, I don't remember if it was just TMNT. It's just an old school Ninja Turtles game. And I remember that you could unlock the different uh, turtles. And I was super like jacked to do that. I don't know why. It was a fun game, but it was a, it was a side scroller. And I'm sure a lot of people know exactly what I'm talking about. But man, Super Nintendo was where it was at. I used to come home from school. I'd play Super Nintendo for hours. Aladdin, Lion King, all those Disney games. I, I just, I loved those games so much. A couple of sports games uh, for the Super Nintendo, but didn't really play those as much. Um, but man, like those, the Aladdins, you know, everybody remembers this having the passcodes, right? So it's like, Oh, we'll put in the password to get to the level you want to get to because there weren't saves at that time. Um, so you would have to, there was no way to save progress. You know, there wasn't like uh, the, the RPG kind of and the games that I played. Now this might piss some people off. I didn't play Zelda and shit like that. When I was growing up, I wasn't a Zelda kid that didn't come until the N64 came out. And I remember when the Nintendo 64 came out, I got it. I was a spoiled-ass little brat. My my um, parents were divorced. My mom got me a Nintendo 64, and my dad also got me a Nintendo 64. And the weird thing is, is I don't remember asking for it this way, but on both sides of the family, I got completely different games. So... On my mom's side of the family, I got that's where I got all the wrestling games. You got your WWF, you know, WrestleMania 2000, WF No Mercy. You had the WCW games, um, Super Mario 64. But then on my dad's side, it was like, well, it was pretty much Super Smash Bros. My dad's side was Super Smash Bros. And uh, at that time, again, you know, I, I I did have a love for gaming quite a bit, but I think I was just your your run of the mill child that probably spent a lot of time in front of the TV I, and that's and that's ultimately where I also then found my love for Zelda and playing Ocarina of Time my dad somehow stumbled upon a gold edition the the little um gold cartridge edition of Zelda Ocarina of Time we were pretty you know low to middle income people growing up but he got this special edition Zelda game I remember the box art which by the way many people can resonate with this N64 has the best motherfucking box art of any gaming, any time. And I mean, just, it was so, it felt so good to hold in your hands. Do you guys remember this? Like the size of a fucking book, like a nice sized novel. Um, but just like the material was so smooth and you turn it around and all this stuff on the back. I mean, it probably cost Nintendo a fortune to make all that shit, <laughs> but it was, oh, it was so awesome. And I played through Ocarina of Time and I was like, this is this is like the fucking coolest game I've ever played in my entire life. Shortly after that, Majora's Mask came out and it was the same fucking shit. Man, do you... Re and the commercials for these games, like how hyped you were. It's not like what it is now, right? Like we don't do research and, and see all these videos and shit on games months and months and months beforehand. Uh, maybe there was at that time, but I don't recall there being, you know, the big conferences where they released gameplay video of like 13 different AAA titles. And you were like, oh shit, well that one's coming out in two years. I can't wait. You know, at that time to me at, at, at that age, especially I was playing Ocarina of Time. I'd be watching a fucking Boy Meets World on the Disney Channel. And splap, here comes a Majora's Mask, you know, fucking commercial. I'm like, oh shit, dude. That game's coming out soon. I'm fucking jacked. And I got that game as well. And, you know, that, that really kind of ignited a passion for not only Zelda, but the RPG 
kind of game, you know, like the story mode and being able to collect items and all that other shit, you know, because in the past, you know, again, you talk about like Aladdin and all this other shit. It was kind of just like your basic, you know, you are going to probably end up how everybody else ends up. But Zelda really opened my eyes, and I think it opened a lot of people's eyes to the possibilities there are with kind of just having your own your own universe, you know, to deal with. And from there, I actually became a PlayStation kid. So, um, Riles Benile's growing up had a play. He was a PlayStation kid. He had a PlayStation One, and I don't exactly remember why I got the PlayStation Two, but I got the big bulky. PlayStation 2 and uh, I remember my mom got me the PlayStation 2 and because she was um, because she was so sweet and so frugal she had purchased um, some PlayStation 1 games for me to play so uh, we had Final Fantasy 7 you know like they, the the PlayStation 1 version where there was like 18 discs and uh, what was the other I can't remember what the other game was, but I got the PlayStation 2 from my mom pretty much right around the time that it came out. And then she's like, I'm going to save a couple of bucks and just get you some old school games. And I was like, OK, some greatest hits. Sweet. Um, and that kind of started the love for Final Fantasy. Again, we're kind of continuing this RPG element. But then this is where my love for gaming and creating and falling in, into my own universes really took shape, right? So with that PlayStation 2, I remember a couple of different instances. So this is when like Smack I remember SmackDown just bring it coming out and the graphics were fucking revolutionary. Like I used to play No Mercy and I do that shit that everybody else did. I remember that I had an old um old I think it might have been a gateway computer, just like an old ass computer, one of those big, you know, fat ones. That had uh, Windows 95 on it, I think. And it, I had like a little notepad. It wasn't Microsoft Word. It was a notepad. And I would create storylines. So I, would, but, but I was very, for a child, I was pretty fucking, you know, um, detailed. So I would do like, this is the date. I would look up a calendar. Like I, I legit looked up a calendar. I would find the Mondays of the year. Put that in. Raw pick out like three matches, four matches maybe, and then I would play them in uh, WWF No Mercy. If I lost, I, I reflected that. If I won, I reflected that in the in the, the document that I made. Um, I would, you know, <laughs> if I had a quote-unquote promo segment, like for example, for Kishu's in a come out and cut a promo against The Rock, I would, come, I, I would uh, go into the edit menu and I would give him the announcer's mic to start the match with. Like, just goofy shit like that. And uh, and so I, w- I was a huge wrestling fan. So then we got the PlayStation 2 and SmackDown Just Bring It came out. And I was just head over heels with the the graphics of this game. I remember playing it on my on my little bo- my little uh, box TV and I ran to my mom and I said, "Mom, mom, mom, you have you have to see this. You have to see uh how cool Triple H looks because my mom was a Triple H mark, you know, when we were growing up." And I came in and I showed her and he's like, "Yeah, tri- spitting out the water. Yeah, I'm the game. I'm the fucking game, man." And uh I was just so I- it blew me away. Um, and I, and I just, I loved it. And I, it's similar to like some bad movies that you may enjoy. Like, you know, everybody hates ready to rumble. Like I just loved that game because I had so many memories like that. Like fucking limb biscuit was in that game. Guys fucking limb biscuit was in that game. Fred Durst was in that game. And I looking back on it, this is one of the fucking dumbest games of all time. The story mode was ass. 
The gameplay wasn't very good. Um, the graphics were actually fucking terrible. The roster had, I mean, the roster, there was like fucking 30 or 40 dudes in it. It was like the smallest wrestling roster you'd ever seen. But I have these memories attached to it. And it, it's, it, ha- it holds like a weird emotional special place in my heart for being one of those games that just, I was like, oh my God. You know, and then SmackDown Shut Your Mouth came out. I remember, dude. Like, this is stuff, again, when we talk about games, it's part of our, it's part of who we are. It's part of our culture. I remember going to video rental stores and being like, oh, my God, Shut Your Mouth is out. I rented it, and I remember just begging my mom, please, mom, another three days. Please, mom, another five days. Please, 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 please. I got to I gotta play through the story mode. I got to do the do this, and I got to do that. And I, I just remember all that shit and how, how special that was. And um, when I got that PlayStation 2, this is also, I talked about this a little bit um, in one of the other podcasts, but this is where my love for basically what I would end up trying to make a career out of came from. It sounds crazy, but this, but hear me out. So my dad was a giant, my dad's a huge Packers fan. Like he has the fucking G logo tattooed on his calf. Like he's a huge Packer mark. And so I had the PlayStation 2. And I, I, I didn't own, like, any sports games. I didn't – I wasn't, like, a huge sports fan at this time. I was like, oh, I could take it or leave it. It's not – you know, it's whatever. I like wrestling, though. Um, and he was like, well, hey, do you want to – you know, do you want – again, my dad has been, you know, pinching pennies since I can remember. So I don't know – I don't know where he came up with the, the money to do this. But Madden had just come out. And he goes, well, do you want – do you want a football game? And I was like, yeah, you know, that'd be kind of cool. Like, yeah, sure, I'll get a football game. Why not? And so he took me out to Walmart. I remember walking through Walmart. I don't remember a ton of this, but I I have, like, some memory of walking through Walmart and seeing Ray Lewis in his purple Ravens jersey on the cover of Madden 2005. And he grabbed it, and he's like, all right, well, this is this is the fucking Madden game. Like, I'll, I'll get it for you, and you can have it. And I was like, oh, wow, that was cool, you know, just... My dad, I barely saw him, you know, but he, this dude's willing to take me out to Walmart, buy me this, you know, $50 game, send me home with it, and that was that. And uh, so he bought me the game, and I, uh, I got home, and I just started playing it. And I don't know what it was, but I'm playing through Madden 2005, and I am cheesing. Like, I am loving life playing Madden 2005. Like, I'm having a great time. I'm like, oh, this is fucking cool. Like, football's neat. This is sweet. In Madden 2005, what a lot of people talk about these days is that when you're comparing, you know, these connected franchise modes and these different universe modes in different games, dynasty modes, people still point to Madden 2005 and having, like, the best um, franchise mode in in any football game ever made. So I'm playing through franchise mode, and, uh, man, just, like, how in-depth it was. I was just in love with that game. I... And from there, I fell in love with the game of football. I don't know what it was, but it's just like playing it in the game. I was like, dude, I, I love football. This is like, this is so cool. This is the, this is the coolest thing. Um, and I'd never, I'd never, you know, watch it with my parents. I didn't give a shit, but playing the game made me fall in love with the game of football. So then a couple of years prior to that, my a cousin of mine had gotten me NBA live 2003 and a game again this so this we're talking i have madden 2005 he got me nba 2000 live 2003 i never played that game either so i just started playing it and i was like 
this game's also pretty fucking great. This is cool. You know, I played sports growing up, but I'd never been like super thrilled to watch professional sports. And I was like, this is cool, man. There's storylines and athleticism on this place. Like it's almost like wrestling. This is awesome. So from there, guys, literally in that kind of like 2004, 2005 uh, time period, I fell in love with sports in large part due to playing video games. It was so neat. It was so cool. Something that I, I still think is wild. You know, a lot of people have stories of, well, you know, my dad took me to, to Miller Park and I got to see the Brewers play and I I fell in love with the game of baseball. Or um, I remember well, hanging out with my grandpa at his house. He had a glass of brandy and we were sitting there watching the Packers play, watching Brett Favre throw touchdowns. And I fell in love with the game or, you know, I, I played Little League and I and, and made friends and I, I was good and I really enjoyed it. And my story starts... <laughs> with a controller in my hand. It's pretty cool when you think about it. You know, eventually I would go on to, to try to become a sports broadcaster. I spent some time in news. I spent some time in sports broadcasting. And when you look at the reason why I did it, I always enjoyed playing sports. And I didn't mind it. It's not like I dislike sports. But I didn't find my passion for them until I started playing video games, with them included. So, um... You know, just just something that I I think is ab- absolutely wild, and, and from there, you know, guys, we we just keep moving on to, to new generations. Um, to me, that whole PlayStation Two era is still probably one of the best gaming. And, and I know you you sound kind of hipster saying that, and I know it's hard to compare to because I was a child, and I mean, a, a, a youth, and uh, everything seems so much better. But, you know, I, I just remember playing game after game, and I just was never, ever disappointed with what I had. Whether it was SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, any of the Madden games. I didn't even talk about Final Fantasy X, which is easily my probably my favorite Japanese RPG of all time. Um, I spent fu- I put hundreds of hours in that fucking game. Uh, you know, just PlayStation 2 was a golden era for me. All the sports games. MVP Baseball 2005, quite possibly still to this day one of the best baseball games to ever come out. It's hard to compare, you know, that game to today's game because you you can't compare the graphics. But as far as just you know, in its time, one of the best games that ever came out. I'd still say that though that those iterations of NBA games, NBA Live 2004, I I enjoyed 2005. I really enjoyed 2006. Those games all were fantastic. All the Maddens, Madden 04, 05, 06, all of those games were fantastic. The FIFA games haven't really changed over the years. Your, your sports gaming probably was at a high at that point. There was lots of competition. Your 2K5s. NBA 2K5, um, NFL 2K5. Some people still herald those games to be one of the greatest they've ever played. The college games that were out at that time were were awesome, and there were, there were some great single player games out as well. And uh, you know, I, we moved on to the to the. I then moved to the Xbox 360. I had a lot of friends playing Xbox, um, and it was you. There weren't a lot of kids in high school that had Xboxes. And you were kind of a cool, I remember I was like the third person in my high school to get an Xbox 360. I was a spoiled ass little fucking brat. Um, I had a mom that was working her ass off, a single mom that was working her ass off. I don't know how she afforded it because I can barely afford shit now today without having independent. But God bless her for, for doing that shit. 
She got me the standard. She got me the cheapest Xbox 360 she could. It was like the, the bare bones standard edition, but she made it work. She got it for me. And I remember I got the Xbox 360. I was like, all right, all right, motherfuckers, I'm in. And I went and got NBA Live 06 because I saw all the graphical changes that they made to a series that I loved a lot. I was like, I loved NBA Live 06 for the PS2. And they came out with it for the Xbox 360. Like, hey, this is, you know, this is the new, was it 06? Maybe it was 07. I don't remember. Whatever the first NBA Live was for, for the Xbox 360. And oh my God, it was like the worst game that I had ever played in my entire life. You, if you, if you, any of you ever played that game, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. That game was fucking ass. They removed everything. The only thing I had running for it was the graphics. It was cool. Like Dwayne Wade was in it sweating and you're like, holy shit, that dude's sweating. The fuck this cool shit I ever seen. And then you played the game and you tried playing the modes and you're like, what the fuck is this game? You know, like, you could probably consider that to be a game that you'd play on your iPhone nowadays for free. You paid 60 bucks for it. For the new Xbox. The fuck? That's what I'm talking about when I talk about disappointment. Because I would have some of that as well with the, the PlayStation 4 and shit. But but I that, that was my first time ever playing a game and being like, what the fuck is this? Um, and we had a couple instances of that. It seemed like... It took a little while for some of the some of the major developers to catch up with the next generation system. Some would say that Madden never rebounded in the new system. I would actually probably agree with that. NBA Live died, um, but there were some games that really took off with the next gen. And uh, one big thing for me was Gears of War. Gears of War is where I built some long-lasting friendships that I'll never forget. I And I wish I could remember how that started. I think a friend had borrowed Gears of War to me once. And I played through the co-op mode. It, I might have played through Gears of War 1 with, with Riles Beniles. And I was like, this is a pretty fucking fun game. And I think I was just talking with a friend once and he's like, Oh yeah, I play Gears of War. I, I play the I play Gears of War as well. We we both play that. And I was like, oh that's cool man. Well maybe we should play online sometime. I never played online before then. Never played Call of Duty. Um, didn't I, I never played any game online. And then all of a sudden we just started playing every night. We played every night. I had school in the morning. I would play until three in the morning. I remember I used to keep my shit down. Like, you know, I don't want my mom to fucking hear me. Thankfully I, I lived on the other side of the house, but uh but Dude, I would stay up. I, I would lie. I would turn all my shit off. I'm like, go to bed. She's like, all right. And then I would turn my shit on. I put my headphone in, you know, my little uh, earpiece, and we would get cooking, dude. Gears of War all night. We had a running clan. We had guys from throughout the state. I think we had a couple of guys from the east uh, east coast, and we would get on literally every night. Um, and it, it was usually me, uh, two other guys. Riles would come on every now and again, but then we'd always have our our usual clan, and it was quite possibly one of my favorite times in gaming that I've ever experienced. It was just it was so cool. It was so awesome. The game, and honestly, the game wasn't as good online as a lot of other games, but just having that clan and having that opportunity to play with a lot of people, which I'm sure a lot of people can actually relate to. It was it was kind of like the friendship part of it cuz for the longest time I'd always been a solo gamer. I played co-op games with Riles every now and again, you know, talking about the PlayStation, we're going back to like Lord of the Rings, fucking Two Towers, Return of the King. Those games were awesome, but I'd never 
like spent a, a shit ton of time doing co-op in Gears of War is when that happened. And I can say that at that time I had a couple of, of people that I would have considered brothers playing games with. It sounds fucking dumb, but um that's that's kind of where my my, my Xbox um my Xbox three sixty life came. And you know, after that I eventually, you know, met a girl and I was like, you know what, fuck gaming. This is this is I don't need to be playing games all the time. I'm wasting time. I got shit I got I got shit going on. So I sold my Xbox. I, I eventually bought a PS3 with money from my job. I sold that and I was like, I'm done gaming. It's a waste of time. I need money. So I sold it. And if you can guess, I'm doing a fucking podcast right now about gaming. Like two weeks later, I was like, holy fuck, why did I do that? So then I went back out, I bought a PS2 again, and I relived the old days. I played some Final Fantasy, I bought some old school sports games, and um, I had a blast, man. And then I eventually worked my way up to where I am today. You know, when the PlayStation 4 came out, I saved every penny that I could while I was in college. I went out and bought the PlayStation 4. Um, It must have been like the first week it was out. And I bought NBA 2K14. It's a weird, it's kind of like a weird, like, thing, you know, right? Like, I always buy basketball games when I first get the systems. Um, again, just another, and it was the same story. There's another game that had just awesome graphics, but everything else was kind of weird. It was kind of broken, but nonetheless, guys, you know, I, I know, I don't know how long RGG wanted me to go here, but again, when I look, when you look back at gaming, maybe you look back at your your time playing games. Some people just consider it a pastime. Some people consider it um, something that they do to kill some time, to relieve some stress. But when you're guys like RGG or myself, or maybe if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure there is some time that you've played in your life that it has really made an impact. When I look at gaming, I can see that it's basically sculpted who I am as a person, especially professionally. You know, I probably wouldn't have went to school to be a sports broadcaster had I not played that very first Madden 05 game. It's wild. It's crazy to think about. And, you know, nowadays, here's what's fucking crazy. Um, I'm pretty active. You know, I go, I go out and I golf and I play volleyball and shit. And every time that I get, like, heavily involved with, like, volleyball or golf, I'll try to find a fucking video game to play, of golf, or of volleyball, you know, it's like, it's this weird shit like that, and, uh, I think it's cool, man, video games are awesome, you know, I can't, I have a bias against it, but when people talk about video game addiction, man, when there's so many other things in life that are going on right now, and there's so many other things that could be affecting you or impacting you, you know, I, I do think that there, there is a, a time where you can say that you have an excessive, you, you watch excessive amounts of television, or maybe you do have an excessive amount of screen time. But at the same token, I think we need to stop looking at all the negatives that games bring to us. And we can kind of look at the positives and saying and realizing that, you know, this is it's just, it's an opportunity where you can ha- you can build companionships and, and relieve stress and get lost in these worlds and, and put your mind at ease and, you know, just kind of do stuff like that. So. I don't know exactly where I'm going with this, but I'm happy where I am today. I'm happy that, uh, you know, I am doing a little bit of a YouTube channel, a little bit of a hiatus here because I'm kind of still jarred from the whole Spider-Man thing. And, uh, since I started playing that without streaming it, I kind of got, you know, I was like, what am I, what am I going to do next? I think eventually, um, shortly I'll probably bring back doing horror games. Um, I felt like that was a really good niche 
part of me doing my channel. I kind of miss playing horror games, to be honest, and I think there's just a lot more substance uh, when I'm playing horror games opposed to doing all the popular games that everybody else is playing. So stay tuned for that on my channel. Um, and again, you know, when we talk about gaming, here I am doing a podcast talking about my love for games. And and uh, one thing, I guess, that I wanted to, to mention too, and maybe it's be, uh, to see if other people have done this, but here's another thing that I always loved about gaming. And I remember it from when I was very young. My mom worked super late. She had, she had the nine to five job Monday through Friday, but nine to five usually meant like eight to six. Right. So I would get home from school and I kind of watched after myself a majority of the time. Um, just because I was very independent. Um, and in doing that, I don't know if this is something my mom kind of instilled in me at an early age, but she would always, we had that old computer that I mentioned earlier, that, that windows 95 computer. And I had a ton of those like kind of educational software games, right? Like, do you guys remember putt putt? Putt-Putt Saves the Zoo. It's a little fucking purple car, and you drove around, and you, like, saved animals and shit. Like, I remember that game. There's a couple of other games. There's, what the fuck? There's this one game. Something like Fifth Grader or something. Like, you were in a scientist in a, in a laboratory, and you had to, I can't remember that game, but, I, like, that game. I had a Jurassic Park game for the, and these games were, I, some of these games were on fucking floppy disks. But I had a Jurassic Park game. Man, I'm just remembering this shit now that I'm kind of talking out loud. But again, I'm, that that was that was this was to me now that I think about it was a directive placed by my mom, right? This this fine young lady that's doing everything she can to uh, put food on the table, keep a roof over our heads, and you know she's like, I'm gonna get this dude some fucking video games, and I played them, and I think I turned out all right. Holy fuck, dude! Putt putt save. If you've never played Putt Putt Saves a fucking zoo, go play Putt Putt Saves a zoo. I think I'm gonna download that shit off Steam tonight. That is a game. Oh my god, I'm having a total nostalgia fucking like brain aneurysm right now. I'm freaking out. So I'm gonna end it there. 30 minutes. Hopefully RGG is good for you, my friend. Hopefully you can uh, either fill a good uh, I don't know, maybe give us 20 minutes. I know there's a couple of gaming news things that he really wanted to talk about because the last time that I think we talked about recording, he had told me to talk about them. And instead, I'll leave it up to him. I would love to hear gamer news come from RGG um, to get a to get a glimpse of how he would like to see the news portion of it. Maybe he's not planning on doing news. I don't care, and I don't know. So if he doesn't, this is a nice little forty minute episode. I appreciate you guys tuning in. And uh, with that, we'll send it over to my dude. It's RGG. Without a shadow of a doubt. That was absolutely awesome. There are some things in there I did not know about. I did not know that he had two Nintendo 64s. I immediately judged him. And not only did he have two Nintendo 64s, he had separate games. So he had the best of both lives. I went to work at Taco Bell at 14 years old to get a Nintendo 64, but he's fortunate enough to have had a mother in his life that went, no, he needs some fun. He had a father in his life that went, no, let's make sure he has some fun. While my parents were like, no, clean. (laughs) Who... Has not cheated at some point, Tim. Some point in time in a game, 
Guys, the Game Genie, talking about the passcodes. And the guys, that brought back memories. Remember what we used to go through on that Game Genie? We'd put that Game Genie on the Sega Genesis and we would have a great time. It was absolutely amazing. But I do, I do judge him because he didn't play Zelda until he got to the Nintendo 64. I mean, who? <laughs> Everyone knows. Zelda was a staple of Nintendo. Zelda was amazing. I judge him for that. But what I do not judge him for was his introduction to the PlayStation, which I think a lot of us in our generation, in the generation that we are in, Final Fantasy VII. Ladies and gentlemen, it is safe to say that almost all of us, at least for me, and I know for a lot of you, Final Fantasy VII introduced us. We were, were ushered in into the PlayStation era with Final Fantasy VII and their 45 discs they had. It was amazing. It was great. And it changed your life. It changed my life. PlayStation 2, the golden era, which I agree with that. The PlayStation 2 was absolutely amazing. I mean, it was good. It was amazing. Guys, PlayStation Tekken 3? I mean, we can conduct, we can go down the list of the PlayStation 2 games, like literally. But we won't do that. SmackDown just bring it. Guys, I used to beat the dog shit out of my friends in SmackDown just bring it. Especially with The Rock, because if you guys remember, The Rock could hit, hit, and the spit hit, it would delay. And people would try to counter, they would counter wrong, and he'd slap the hell out of you. SmackDown Just Bring It was absolutely amazing. It was awesome to hear someone else that played that game. He also talked about, on the Xbox, Gears of War, playing with a friend. Shayna and I used to play... We played Halo 1 and 2 together. We played Gears of War 1 and 2 together. We used to stay up in all hours of the night. And he talked about that friendship and, and developing him and Riles Beniles and how you really developed that at that age. And gaming helped do that. That's really, really important. Shane and I got to do that. We got to play Gears of War together. We got to play, we used to play, he also talked about how when, it was, it was awesome because it brought back memories to me, when he's doing the sport that he's doing, he would look for that game. Well guys, guess what sport I was doing? Now I'm much older than him, so I was fighting at that age, I'm training, I'm in a garage, <laughs> guys this is back in the day when I'm in a garage fighting. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm playing Pride, Pride, you know, uh, where everybody for some reason was left-handed. Uh, and I'm making, you know, characters from, this was before even UFC really had a good game come out. But I was pray, playing Pride FC on the PlayStation 2. It was absolutely amazing. It was, it was a lot of fun. I did the same thing. I would look for a game that would parallel what's going on in my life. It was absolutely awesome gaming is absolutely 
I'm trying to figure out how to say this because I said the word absolutely and now I feel like I have to say something really big because I said absolutely. So screw it. We'll move on from that. But what it does do is it really shapes our childhood. If you in this era, he's a millennial, I'm a micro I'm the part of the micro generation. I remember having to take, you know, the dial phone, ba 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 ba. I'm sure with Ragbag he you know that to him he probably doesn't remember that it was like cell phones were probably bricks to him me a brick cell phone the fact that there was a cell a wired phone was amazing why why am i bringing up because even though him and i are in different generations our gaming stories are very similar when i was a kid i remember watching my uncle play pitfall and my uncle said i used to get really excited well what did he say his uncles, you say, he would get excited and jump around in the crib when he was playing the game he was playing. He grew up watching it. It's the same thing, just different generations. It's the same thing. It's absolutely amazing. So I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed hearing his story because his story, I think, resonates with a lot of us. His story really speaks to the gamer out there and I'm sure some of you are sitting back and you're thinking about some of those great games or when you used to go to the roller skating rink I know I did and guess what was in the roller skating rink it was turtles in time or the Simpsons game remember turtles in time my dope my dope my dope <laughs> those were a lot of fun the arcade games back in the day. Remember remember uh, Marvel versus Capcom? Remember that? We used to have a lot of fun. We grew up on that. It's what we grew up on. I will say this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. But we have a problem. Why do we have a problem, guys? Because a gaming studio that I have absolutely loved recently. They are, they are centered in San Rafael, California. They are now cut down to only 25 employees. Guys, we're talking about Telltale Gaming. Telltale Games. Guys, have you, you have no clue. If you don't know, then you don't know. If you do know, then you're like, oh my God, guys, they're responsible. Uh, some of you may know them because of their Walking Dead series, which is absolutely amazing. It's heartbreaking and it really tugs. It really tugs at you. And you got to make those choices. I mean, but these guys have been around for a very long time. I mean, we're talking 2005. They have been around. They've done law and order. Okay? Law and order, guys. They have they have done a strong bad game. The Burninator. You guys have got to know who strong bad is. They've done CSI. Even Texas Hold'em. <sighs> Unfortunately, guys, Telltale Games... They haven't really specifically said why, but this is my gamer news because I want to speak to you about something that speaks to me, that speaks to my family, because not only have they come, come up with some of the best storytelling games out there, 
my daughters have played this with me. My daughters for the Batman series, they did not want me. I could not play the next chapter. I couldn't play Batman Telltale series without them there watching me because they wanted to help me make decisions. My daughter, Alexia, she did not, she refused to let me play The Walking Dead. She loves The Walking Dead, by the way, guys. And by the way, Alexia, I know you're listening. I'm sorry that, spoiler alert, no, I won't say it who, but, you know, I'm sorry that you know who died and you cried for quite some while. You know, I apologize. I'll put you on blast. <laughs> She's going to call me on that. <laughs> the Walking Dead, 2012. Game of Thrones, guys. The Wolf Among Us, guys. If you've never played The Wolf Among Us, guys, they're Minecraft story mode. My daughter, Nixie, absolutely loved that. They did a Jurassic Park game that wasn't as good. They did Back to the Future. That was okay. But guys, they really hit their stride with The Walking Dead. That allowed them to get into the Game of Thrones. That allowed them to get into Guardians of the Galaxy. And that was really good. But the truth is The Walking Dead was amazing. They just recently came out with a new one. And they're only down to 25 people. They have cut that out because overall from what i'm seeing here and let me look real quick guys because this is really really what i wanted to talk about this studio they're simply not making the money needed to support these types of games and if some of you don't know about the telltale games let me tell you it's not a typical video game it's in the same vein as if you've played um you know, if you've played, actually, I'll say, uh, you know, Detroit, or what's that? Help me out, guys. Is it Detroit? Whatever. The newest one that came out, it's it's a movie. It's basically a movie, is what you're playing. you got to make choices. And what you choose, there's many, there's different outcomes. So, an ending can change. It's not always about the exact thing you're doing. You have to think ahead. How would you talk to a person in real life? If you tell a person, you know what, you're garbage, fuck off. Well, how do you think someone's going to react to that in real life? Telltale, they do a good job of, of capturing that emotion. They do a good job of making you feel remorse when somebody dies. They do a good job of surprising you when you're playing Batman. You think you know exactly how things are going to go down. But no, you don't when you play Batman, the Telltale series. Wolf Among Us, the big bad wolf, the fairy tales out there, they bring them all together into a comprehensive story. The Walking Dead, 2015, 2013, 2016, and now 2018, guys. If you think for a second... Guys, the Michonne series where they tell the story about Michonne. It was so amazing. But unfortunately, you guys know how that bottom dollar dollar means absolutely everything. It's not quite not quite getting that uh, it's not quite doing what needs to be done. So they've cut it down to only 25 employees. That 
I don't understand how that is not killing. I don't understand how it isn't killing the Telltale series. But what I think they're doing is they're allowing these specific core group of people to finish the last season of The Walking Dead. Because we are on the last season of The Walking Dead. And guys, if you have not played any of The Walking Dead titles, we're talking back in PlayStation 3, go back and play it. Go get it. Play all of them because they're absolutely amazing. There's multiple ways to play the game. And it's hours and hours and hours worth of content. And then once you play that and you're like, damn, this is a lot of fun. Go ahead and jump on their border, their Borderlands series. It sucks that that series is leaving because it's not that it wasn't making money. It was that it wasn't making the money that they projected. And that sucks. That absolutely sucks. Yet, I'm not going to get into it, but games like, I don't know. Battlefront are allowed to be released when they know, oh, we're going to lose about 30 million on this game, but we're still going to release it anyway. I'm sorry, just the gaming world, the, the executives, the people in charge can be really annoying. But I'm saying that, thank you guys for another edition of Regular Guy Gaming. The only gaming news I had is, guys, tell tale games is dying. The studio is dying. They're working on their last game. Go back in the catalog if you want. Again, I will say The Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us, Borderlands, okay? Minecraft story mode is so good. Batman, these are all really good games. I don't know if I already said Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, Back to the Future, that is a lot of fun. The Walking Dead Michonne series. Guys, Strong Bad. I mean, Strong Bad. Batman, The Enemy Within. I just now realized that. I mean, they even have a Monkey Island one. I, I didn't really finish that one, but it was still fun. CSI. You guys like CSI? That's a thing. You can go back, you can play it, and you can see how it has changed and evolved over the years. That's what my gamer news is. Give them a good goodbye. Give them a good send-off by going there and getting at least one of those games and giving it a try. And if you guys are wondering what studio this is, um, right now I can't really remember. I'm just going off of memory. But they're the same guys that are making the Seven Days to Die. That one. So, hey, thank you guys very much. Make sure that you... Give Ragbag a follow on R-A-G-G-B-A-G-G -G -G on YouTube. That's again, R-A-G-G-B-A-G-G -G -G on YouTube. Absolutely amazing. He doesn't really do much on Facebook and not much on Twitter. But guys, his he's only got 31 subscribers. Here's what's funny about that. He's averaging 35 to 40 each and every everything he posts. It's absolutely amazing. Now, here's the one thing. He did do some Spider-Man stuff, but his horror games gets way more views. I believe that Ragbag should continue 
in the horror game genre. Guys, make sure you give Riles Beniles a subscribe. He's been on the show quite often. It is R-I-L-E-S-B-I-N-I-L-E-S, Riles Beniles on YouTube and... I don't know the other stuff because I'm not that good at openers and closers like Ragbag is. And make sure last but not least, definitely not least, regular guy gaming. Guys, doing really well on my views. Uh, I mean, I'm just having a good time. You guys doing a great job subscribing to me. I really appreciate it. My God of War videos are getting great views. I really appreciate you guys. Regular guy gaming. RGG everything. Literally regularguygaming.com. Regular Guy Gaming YouTube. Red Guy Gaming Twitter. Regular Guy Gaming Facebook. All that good stuff. Listen to us. But but here's what's really... Actually, not last. Here's what's most important. Grapple Talk. They are the flagship show. Listen to them. Now, they haven't posted anything in a bit, but that's because... I know them. They've got something special. Like, they're, we're the bookers now. A lot of the guys listen to that. Mainly me, wanting to feel if I'd get booked. They didn't book me properly. I hate them for that. But Grapple Talk, the flagship show. Guys, listen to... I, mean, I don't need to tell you to listen to the Ross Family Podcast because you all listen to the Ross Family Podcast. But we do have a new one, Movies After Marriage, and it's obvious that you guys like it because of the listens, the downloads that we see there. So we thank you for supporting the new. We're branching out. And I also want to let you know that RGG is going to start branching out as well. I'm currently working on a review of Iron Fist. Iron Fist Season 2. We're going to start doing reviews on movies. We're going to start doing reviews on series, TV series. So I'm really excited to branch, and we do have the one-year special. So thank you once again for listening to Regular Guy Gaming. Thank you for Ragbag for your origin story. Peace out, my home slices. That's what Ragbag would say, but I'm going to say a deuces.